Oh, what a morning, hey? Whew, who are here for the baptisms? Yeah, hey, weren't they amazing? I'm still feeling a little bit chilly, I have to say, from the water. My legs are feeling a little bit cold, but it was so worth it. Just so amazing seeing us, 20 or so people just publicly declaring their faith, their trust, their love in Jesus. Just such a special moment. And what a special day to do it on, hey? Easter Sunday. You know, there is a great uh, refrain that historically you would say in uh, Church of England. And actually, Julie, can we whack those, uh, those words up on the screen, please? I absolutely love this. So I want to say, hallelujah, Christ is risen. And we're going to respond uh, all together saying, he is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Okay, you ready? Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah indeed. Hallelujah. Why do we celebrate, hey? Why do we say hallelujah? Why do we celebrate the risen King Jesus? We celebrate his victory over death, don't we? Think about it. If it wasn't for today, then Good Friday would have been a waste of time. If it wasn't for Resurrection Sunday, Good Friday would have been pointless. But we're here 2,000 years later celebrating because Jesus rose from the dead. And here's the most amazing good news. His victory is our victory. That's why it's such good news. Victory over sin. Victory over shame and guilt. Victory over condemnation. Victory over sickness. Victory over death itself. That is why we're so excited on Easter Sunday and indeed every day of the week. Because Jesus rose and beat death. And how is that possible? You know, um, Acts 2, the book of Acts, there's a great verse, chapter 2, verse 23, says this, But God raised Jesus from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because, why? It was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. It's impossible. Death had no claim. He was the perfect, spotless Lamb of God. He was the perfect sacrifice. And so death could not hold him. We sang that earlier. Death could not hold Jesus. And so what we do this morning is celebrate the fact that he is risen again and we have been risen with him. And that was the whole point of baptisms, right? It symbolizes, you see, that you die to yourself, you die with Christ, and you go under the waters of baptism, a burial with Christ, and that you are raised with him, coming out of the water, a new creation in Christ Jesus. That is why we do baptisms. It's a public declaration of our faith in him and a symbolic act of what God has done in our lives. So what does God want to say to us this morning? Well, you know, we, for those of you who've been with us for many weeks, will know we've been in a series called Revealed, the Names of God, and we've been looking at how God reveals himself through his names. And last week on Palm Sunday, we looked at Jehovah Rochi, which means the Lord, my shepherd, and what that looks like. And if you missed that, I'd encourage you to catch up, which you can do so on our app, smartphone app, or indeed our website, thevineyardchurch.co.uk. But this morning, we pause for our revealed service, and we, we focus on Easter Sunday. And I was saying, Lord, what have you got for us this morning? What should I speak on? And I felt the Lord prompt me to look at the very first words that Jesus said when he was risen. Not a bad starting point, is it? That's what I thought. God always has good ideas. You know that. <laughs> By the way, I wonder, could someone just get me some water from the back? Would that be okay? Thank you. And so what we're going to do this morning, oh, wonderful. Thank you, darling. It's my beautiful wife here, Stephanie. Thank you, darling. <laughs> 
I was joking at the first service, you know the notice for mend where you can take all your stuff and get fixed? You, how long have you said to me, I've got stuff in the garage that needs mending? I'm like, I could just bring it here. <laughs> the only question is whether I tell you that I brought it here or I've done it myself. <laughs> but I don't think my conscience would allow me to say I did it. So uh, I'll bring it here at mend. <laughs> anyway, where were we before I got distracted? Yes, Jesus' first words after he's risen. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 to 10. And we're going to read this together. The moment that Jesus was risen. And it will be on the screen uh, if you haven't got a Bible with you or a smartphone device. So let me read this. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him, they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Here's the first thing he said. Greetings. In fact, in the New King James Version, it says rejoice. The Greek word is actually rejoice, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them the second thing, do not be afraid. And then he said the third thing, go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. And so if you don't mind, what we're going to do is just look at those three things together and walk through this. Those three things that Jesus said over 2,000 years ago. Those three things that are as important to us now in the 21st century here in St. Albans as they were then. So let's look at the first one together. In verse 9, the first part, it says, Suddenly Jesus met them. Rejoice, he said. Rejoice. Why did he say rejoice? Well, the time for mourning had ended. The time for weeping had ceased. The time for searching was over. For in that moment, Jesus says, here I am, greetings, rejoice. And let me just tell you this morning, that is how Jesus greets every single one of us here in this place. Hello, here I am, rejoice, rejoice. And not just today, but every day. And you know, for some of you this morning, that may be the only word you need to hear That Jesus is looking at you and saying, rejoice, I am alive, I am here for you. I'm not just some historical character, I'm not just a figment of one's imagination, I am the risen Lord, rejoice. And you know what I love about this story is that the angel of the Lord, as as we've just read, instructed Mary and Mary to go to Galilee to see Jesus. But on the way they met Jesus, suddenly Jesus appeared. I love that. It reminds me of the story of the prodigal son. Some of you will know that story. The son said to the father, hey, give me all my inheritance now. And he goes off and he spends it all. And 
And then eventually he has no money and he finds that he's eating the pig's swill. And he says to himself, what on earth am I doing here? Even my father's servants have good food. And he gets up and he says, right, I'm going to go and find my father. And on the way to see his father, his father met him. Isn't that wonderful? You know, for some of you, you might be thinking that you need to get to Perfectsville first and meet him there. You got it the wrong way around. You see, the good news is this. You know, if you're visiting here, welcome. Welcome. You might be looking around thinking, who are these crazy people? We are a little bit crazy. Fair point. But let me just tell you this. We are not a bunch of perfect people. Quite the opposite. We're a bunch of imperfect people just recognizing our need for Jesus. You know, you might think you need to get to Worksville first to meet Jesus. Well, I've got to work to atone for my bad past because I've been a bad person. And so when I've done a few things, good acts, then I think I'm ready to meet Jesus. It doesn't work like that. The good news today, the good news every day, is that Jesus died on the cross not in spite of your brokenness, but because of your brokenness. For some of us, Jesus is saying this morning, I'm right here in this moment. Now is the time. Now is the time. Rejoice, I am here. And if that's you this morning, don't leave this place without responding to Jesus. My right, your left, the prayer team would love to pray with you as you say yes to Jesus. And what do we read happens as we continue in this story? What was the response of Mary and Mary? Read it, don't we, in verse 9. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. I love that. Now, earlier in, in the day, if you were to see me in my office, I was practicing what it would look like to clasp someone's feet. And it turns out you need to get on your knees. And actually, it turns out, I'm just showing you, just in case you don't believe me. And it turns out that in order to do it properly, you're going to have to really lie down. Otherwise, you're going to fall over. And here's the thing I want us to see. You see, the actual Greek here is they took hold of him. And in response to rejoice, they just laid down prostrate on the floor. And you see, it takes humility to get on your face. It takes a moment of forgetting about what other people think and saying, I don't care if the feet are smelly, <laughs> there was a lot of feet over there. I don't care that I'm going to be on my face because I want to respond to Jesus. And you see, oftentimes worship means that we're going to look silly. I love the story, you might remember this, of David. So King David, they'd recaptured the Ark of the Covenant. That was where the, the, the law of Moses was kept. And previously the Philistines had captured it, but they got it back. And as they come into Jerusalem, David is in front of the Ark going crazy, dancing. Crazy, crazy. He didn't care what anyone thought. And his wife, well, we read it in 2 Samuel 6.16. This is what happened. As the Ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. You see, she was more concerned about outward appearance than the position of David's heart. You see, religion will tell you that what you do on the outside is more important than what's on the inside. Religious works are not good enough 
Because it's a relationship with a Jesus that died for you and that says rejoice. And what is our response? Worship. Worship. And I think in this place, there's some of you guys, I love you guys, you've got to let go and worship. Don't, doesn't matter what people think about you. Who cares? It's not about them. It's about you and Jesus. And if you want to dance, dance. If you want to shout, shout. Because it's an outpouring of your heart. And I love this story. And then we read, as they got on their face, they worshipped him. I love that. And that is our response to the risen Lord this morning. Worship. Brothers and sisters, Romans 12.1. Brothers and sisters, in light of God's mercy, in light of the fact that Jesus died on the cross for you, offer your whole selves as a living sacrifice. That is your act of worship. You see, worship, singing worship songs without the heart is meaningless. Going through the motions is meaningless. You know, I, was, uh, I toured with a jazz band in, uh, in the 90s, an evangelistic tour um, group from the US, and uh, I used to play keys. And I remember what the, the lead guy said, you know, Mark, the problem is that Christians don't speak lies, they sing lies. I was like, oh, I don't know what you mean by that. He said, oftentimes we go through the motions and we sing words, but our heart isn't engaged. I don't want to be that kind of person. You see, the songs, the the words that come out of our lips is an overflow of our heart, we read in Psalms. And God is calling us in this season to be a people that worship him, not just in the songs we sing, but an outflow of our hearts for him. And so some of us just need to get on our face and get prostrate like Mary and Mary. And then what do we, second thing we look at, Jesus says this, do not be afraid. I love that. Why would he say that? Well, there was two things, two fears, really, if you think about it. Fear of death. I mean, here, here they were, Mary and Mary and the rest of the disciples. They'd been following Jesus, and they'd pinned their hope on Jesus as a savior. And in the absence of Jesus, in the absence of perfect love, fear sets in. His disciples scattered. Peter disowned him. They're like, what's going on? He, he, I mean, he actually died. Did you see that? He actually died. He's in the tomb. This has gone belly up. It was never supposed to end like this. We've just wasted how many years following this man? Three years? We're going to be persecuted now. That's it. Our name's out there. And fear had taken hold of them. Fear of isolation, fear of abandonment had crept over them. But now Jesus was here and he said, here I am. Rejoice. Do not be afraid. I have paid the penalty. I am risen. Death could not hold me and death cannot hold you. That is the gospel message. No more fear. And maybe you've come here this morning. You're visiting and you live your life with fear. Maybe it's just there in the background. Fear of the unknown. Fear of death. Fear of abandonment. Fear of isolation. Let me tell you, friend. Jesus says, here I am. Do not be afraid. I'm here. I'm risen for you. For God so loved the world. You know, you're in the world, by the way. (laughs) That means you. For God so loved the world. For God so loved you that he sent his only son to die for you because perfect love casts out fear. But also Jesus says, do not be afraid because <clears throat> Mary and Mary were wondering what's going on. I mean, first of all, say an angel of the Lord. That was scary. And then they say, Jesus, I mean, what, are you a ghost, Lord? Who are you? He said, do not be afraid. Don't worry. It's me, Mary and Mary. Remember, it's Jesus, your friend. Remember, we, we wept together. Remember, we laughed together. It's me. Do not be afraid of me. 
It's me, I've come to give you life. For I am risen, I am the same Jesus you walk with. <clears throat> I think some of you here this morning, you know, I just got this sense. Go with me on this for a bit. That some of you have been hot for the Lord in the past for Jesus. You've walked with him. But you would call yourself a prodigal. And I get the sense that for some of you, maybe you've been hurt by church before. Or maybe you've had broken relationships and you blame the Lord. And in this moment, you might be here for whatever reason, but Jesus is saying, hey, it's me. Do you remember me? Jesus. I'm the same Jesus. I haven't gone anywhere. Here I am. Rejoice. Do not be afraid. It's me. You can trust me. And if that's you this morning, you can trust Jesus. He is risen for you. Do not be afraid of him. He is meek and lowly. He is your shepherd. He has come to die for you. And so this morning, Jesus is saying, do not be afraid. You can say yes to me. I've got your back. I've got you. I'd like to invite the band up as we look at the third one. Here I am, rejoice. Do not be afraid. And lastly, spread the good news. You know, it says in verse 10, go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. I love this, you know, because previously Jesus would always use the phrase, tell my disciples. But all of a sudden, isn't it interesting that he says, go and tell my brothers? In other words, go and tell all men. You see, he, Jesus identifies with us as our brother. Romans 8.29, Paul writing a letter to the church in Rome, talking about this, said this, those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, listen to this, that he might be, Jesus, the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. He is our brother. The risen Lord is not just for a few select people. He is for us all. He died not just for his disciples 2,000 years ago. He died for you this morning in 2019 in St. Albans at the end of an industrial estate in a warehouse. That's how specific he is. <laughs> and so what is the good news? Let me tell you a story. It's about the late Billy Graham. Billy Graham, the great evangelist, world over. There was a story that he was on the highway and he got caught speeding. It's true. Billy Graham was speeding. Happens to us all. Please forgive me, Lord. <laughs> But what he didn't realize, there was a, a police cop behind him, and he pulled him over and said, um, you speed. And so they took, took him to the police station, because in the U.S. those days, you, the, the judgment was pronounced in the police station and the final whatever. So he takes him to the police station, and there's Billy Graham, the great Billy Graham, in front of the police chief. And the police chief says, uh, your name, please, sir? William Graham. Right, sit down. And then he looks up and says, oh, you're Billy Graham. And the guy was a Christian, so they start chatting and having a conversation. And then all of a sudden, the police chief said, listen, sorry, we've got to get down to business now. How do you plead? Imagine that. Asking Billy Graham how he pleads. I like this. Billy Graham said, guilty. And so the police chief, this is a true story, writes it down in the book, saying, pleaded guilty, and then pronounced judgment and said, you will be fined $150. And then the police chief did this. He got out his checkbook. And he wrote a check for $150 and put it in the book and closed the book. Said paid. 
on your behalf. You see, that is the good news and why we celebrate at Easter. The truth is, guys, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Don't compare yourself to somebody else and say, well, I'm as good as them. That's the wrong comparison. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And the punishment of our sin is death. Not $150, but eternal separation from eternal God. And God is a God of justice. He cannot change. He doesn't say, well, don't worry about it. You're a good person. I don't mind. No, he pronounces judgment. But God is love. And so he sent his only begotten son, Jesus, incarnate here, Emmanuel, God with us, fully God, fully man, and went on the cross of Calvary and paid the punishment that was due us. And when Jesus cried out, it is finished, God the Father closed the book and wrote paid in full. That is the good news. And for some of us here this morning, you feel it. As the truth of God's light shines brightly, you feel the stain of stuff and sin in your life. You feel the separation from a holy God. And God is saying, I love you. I've made a way for you. All you need to do is believe in Jesus and say, would your victory over death be my victory? And say, Lord, I need you, Jesus. I can't atone for this through going to Worksville or Perfectsville. I need you right now here where I am. And in that moment, Jesus enters your life and your debt is paid in full. Let us stand as I pray and as we worship him. Lord, I want to thank you that there is salvation in this place this morning. That you are seeking out the lost. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that died on Good Friday but rose again victorious on Sunday so that we can rise with him. And Lord, I pray for us all that whether we've been a Christian for many, 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 many years or a Christian for a second, that Jesus, we would walk in that fullness of new life. That we would walk in all that you have for us, Lord. Holy Spirit, would you come now and make the life of Christ known to us in a deeper way this Easter. That this would not be the same old, same old Easter Sunday celebration. But Lord, you would do something new and something fresh in our lives. That we would know what it means to raise victorious with you and be seated in the heavenly places, as it says in your word. And I pray, Lord, for those prodigals that have been hurt, have offense, Lord. That they would come to you as you say, remember me. I'm the same Jesus. Here I am this morning. That you would set us on fire. And Lord, for those that have yet to say yes to you, would they take the check? (laughs) Would they take it, Lord, and say, yes, I need it? And would you set them free to new life? And if that is you this morning, I'd love to pray for you. One of the team, my right, your left. Don't leave this place without saying yes to Jesus on this Easter Sunday. 
And so, Lord, we respond with hearts of worship as we respond to you saying greetings. Rejoice. Thank you, Lord. Let us worship.